Welcome, everybody, to episode number 41 of the Blazer Victory Podcast. This is your co-host, John Duncan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Steve Irvine. And Steve, it's game week, buddy. You ready to, uh, as they say, let the toe meet, meet leather in a couple of days down in Montgomery? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm ready to sit up high and watch it. <laughs> I, I don't want to be down there doing the toe meat leather stuff, but uh, no, I, I'm ready. I mean, I think everybody is. I mean, I think it's been, you know, especially with the way last year was just such a weird year for everybody, you know, I mean, everybody right. involved and, um, you know, just uh, kind of ready to get out there and just go and sort of forget about some things and just, um, you know, just play football, you know, and, and, um, and watch football. And, and that's, um, yeah, just going to be some fun times. Definitely. And it's going to go down this Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Time at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. The UAB, our UAB Blazers meet the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Um, and it'll be televised on ESPN, nationally televised. And also you can listen to it on Jocks 94.5. And here, David Crane, Steve Irvine, Trey Raglan and company again. And I believe uh, they start their coverage at 530 with Landrum Roberts. But definitely looking forward to just another game. And, you know, it's game week. I'm hyped. I know you're hyped. I mean, I'm sure we've even got a few Jacksonville State fans listening to us because I know, you know, me personally, I've got a, a bunch of friends that are alums from Jacksonville State. So it's it's, it's going to be a fun game. Um, you know, we, we haven't played each other in a while. I believe the last time that UAB played Jacksonville State was back in uh, 2005. Um, and they've only met uh, five times. Uh, UAB has won the last three meetings. But, yeah, they haven't met since uh, 2005. So um, it's, it's going to be um, a little awkward because, you know, if, for those that don't know, uh, Coach Clark uh, was, you know, graduate from Jacksonville State and he coached at Jacksonville State. So, um, you know, it's, there's going to be a lot of familiarity between both of these programs because, you know, head coach uh, John Gross at Jacksonville State, you know, he coached under uh, Bill Clark. You know, they've been friends for a long time. So, man, this is, this is going to be a good game for sure. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's so many, you know, guys, just uh, connections, you know, the, the pretty much uh, all of Coach Clark's coaching staff has at one time been at, you know, yep. at, at, at Jackson State, most of it under him. But there was, still, you know, there's still, there's a other, you know, kind of some others that have been there under Gross too. And so, yeah, it's, um, you know, and there's honestly, there's a lot of, well, you know, a lot of Jacksonville State people are probably still a little bit upset that uh, <laughs> of the way, you know, Coach uh, Clark left there and, and yeah. uh, you know, after a year and um, even though they're, you know, very happy with Coach Gross and what's gone on since then. But it's just, um, you know, and, and, and you know, with, with, you know, Coach Clark grew up really near there and his father still lives near mm-hmm. there. And, you know, so there's a lot going on here, you know, and. I, I guarantee you, and I know this for a hundred percent fact. You know, both Coach Clark and Coach Gross are going to be real happy on Thursday morning if this thing's over with. You know, one yes. way or one way or another. You know, the um, you know, of course, the winner's going to be a lot happier than the other, but they're both going to be happy to have it in the rearview mirror and move on to the next thing. Definitely, and you know, and I mentioned earlier that they're really you know good friends, and I believe uh, Coach Gross during his press conference. I said that, you know, he hadn't talked to Coach Clark since like June. So, yeah, this, this, uh, yeah they're definitely going to be looking forward to this game uh, being over. But let's talk a little bit about uh, Gross and just the job he's done at for Jacksonville State in that program. Um, this is going to be his eighth year with Jacksonville State. Uh, he does have an overall record of 68 and 21, which is actually the best uh, 
best 89 game start in Jacksonville State history. So I'm just doing really big things for that program. And I mean, as we just mentioned, he's familiar with Clark. You know, he worked under him in the 2013 season before Clark ended up, you know, taking the UAB job um, and starting there in 2014. And Gross has been there since then. Um, you know, we, we look at Jacksonville State, and Steve, I was going to talk to you a little bit about this, too. You know, Jacksonville State played, I believe, three games last fall, and then they played a, a full spring season just, just yeah. recently this spring. So what what do you think about that? Does that kind of give Jacksonville State an advantage, saying, hey, they just played literally a couple months ago? Um, do you think there is an advantage there for Jacksonville State? Because I did, you know, kind of hear Clark during his press conference kind of hint that, he thinks that that could be an advantage for Jacksonville State, you know, having just played not just too recently. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt it's an advantage. I mean, you know, you're looking at their, um, you know, their, their last game they played in the spring was was May second when they lost to Delaware in the in the in the second round of the playoffs, and then you know three three months literally three months almost to the day later they're starting fall camp. So it, it's um. It's a lot of continuation there, you know. Um, you, you you get a lot, you get some time to rest, you know. You get three months to to, to rest and before you right. get started back into it. So no, I think it's certainly advanced early in the season. I mean, I think Coach Clark had a good point, uh, you know, when he was talking about it that, you know, maybe later in the season. I think Coach Gross might even mention his too that, you know, maybe in later in the season it's gonna it's gonna be play a role you know you're gonna be a little worn down because it is tough i mean it's tough to do that and 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 right but i think early in the season it's um i think it certainly is an advantage because you're you're a little sharper than than just uh you know teams that hadn't played since you know december or you know november or whenever you know whenever your season ended or right yeah uh, you know so I, I think that that certainly is a you know a little bit of an advantage um uh but you know, early in the season, I think it's it's advantage, but but you know, um, it, it's just it, it sort of is what it is at this point. You know, I mean, I think the I think the one thing that that's different in the opener, it's a little different because um, even though you're a little sharper, you're still both teams are pretty are kind of beat up after you know after fall camp. That's what right. always killed me when people talk about, well, this is week one, they'll be fresh. Well, they just practice hard for for four weeks, you know. Yeah, they go you, at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're talking about like in four, you know, in in week four, say, you know, people go, well, they've had four weeks of going at it hard. Well, no, they've had eight weeks of going at it hard, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so um, there's there's a little bit of that, you know, going on too for both teams. But um, you know, I, I think that um, uh, you know, once it's kicked off, you just you just play the game. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's. Just talk a little bit about Jacksonville State. Now, you know, as as we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of familiarity between both programs. Um, really, the styles are similar. You know, Jacksonville State yeah. loves to, uh, you know, they're physical up front on both sides of the ball. They love to establish the run game on the offensive side of the ball, and they proud themselves in stopping the run on the defensive side of the ball, which is really familiar to what, you know, Clark and company like to do on the UAB side. So it's, you know, really going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens this Wednesday night down at the Crampton Bowl. Um, We can kind of look just at the stats uh, from the Gamecock offense uh, from the 2020 season. Uh, Rushing-wise, they're averaging a little under 190 yards per game. Uh, Through the air, they're averaging 195 yards per game. In total offense, they're averaging right around 384 yards per game. So, I mean, really good offense. Um, Now, they do rely heavily on their quarterback, 
um, Zarek Cooper, who is uh, actually making his return. You know, he got hurt uh, during yeah. last fall in the, I believe, the FIU game. That yeah. They beat FIU. Yeah, I believe he got yeah. hurt. Broke his leg. Yeah, he broke his leg against FIU and was was able to, unable to play the rest of the fall and, and didn't play at all in the spring season. So, uh, yeah, him being back. And, you know, I mean, you look at him, too, and, uh, yes, they're, they're, you know, his philosophy, you know, Coach Gross's philosophy, you know, he was offensive coordinator under under Coach Clark, and, you know, we, we all know what that what that looks like. You know, Coach right. Clark loves, loves the running game, and, and he does, and they look to establish that. But you know, you look at Zarek Cooper, who you know who started his college career at Clemson, right? Um, and he, uh, you know, he threw for over three thousand yards two straight years in a row. He threw he for did. over three thousand eighteen and nineteen. Also, two two best uh, years in Jacksonville State history of throwing the ball. Had um, thirty two touchdowns the first year, twenty eight the second year. Um, you know, the two best in you know in in, in Jacksonville State history. So even though you know, you look at it, and if he's healthy, which he, you know, they, he, he's, they say he is, and he is. I think, uh, you know, they, they, they might look to to throw the ball a little more than than maybe Coach Gross has done, you know, at some points because uh, you, know, you got a pretty special guy there, and and they, they can do that. So, um, yes, it's um, it's going to be important to him to to um, to establish the run. But when Cooper's in there, they're also going to, you know sling the ball around the field too, you know, because that's one thing they didn't have in the spring. You know, they had um, Zion Webb, I think was, uh, who's out now with a knee injury. He, that's right. um, you know, he was, he was playing, he played quarterback. And he's, you know, I think he's a talented quarterback, but you know, he's out with a knee injury now, but they didn't really have, you know, they didn't have Zarek Cooper really to do that in the, in the spring. So I think they kind of went back to um, sort of his traditional way of, you know, relying on a running game and defense as much as you can. And, uh, so I, you know, I expect um, I expect to see to throw the ball around a little bit too, and and uh, you know, in addition to trying to, to to run the football, definitely. And and I was talking to my buddy uh, Jordan Smith, uh, who actually played at Jacksonville State years and years ago, and I, I was talking to him a little bit earlier today, just about you know Zarek Cooper and just Zion Webb, and he was telling me definitely that Zion Webb was more of the runner, where mm-hmm. Cooper can you know sling it around, but he was also you know telling me that. Hey, Cooper's had some games where he's thrown multiple interceptions. I mean, I mean, they all every quarterback has those moments, but he has some some games that he maybe tries to do a little too much. And I'm kind of hoping that might be what he does uh, this Wednesday night. We are testing the UAB secondary, which is loaded, which we've talked about on previous episodes. Um, so I, I like our chances if they do that. Yeah, and and I think any any quarterback, I don't care who you are, um, you know, when when you get after a quarterback and make him feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, I don't care who you are from Tom Brady to, you know, to down, you know, I mean, I, I think that if you make a guy, a quarterback feel uncomfortable, then, then they're going to make mistakes or they're, they're prone to make mistakes. And, and, right. you know, I think that that's the one thing that obviously, uh, coach Reeves and coach Clark's defenses at UAB has been built, they've been built on, you know, make that guy uncomfortable, make him make some mistakes. And obviously with a great secondary, you know, they're, they're you know, they're, they can take advantage of that, but it starts up front and starts, you know, making them, making them uncomfortable. And, you know, and um, I, you know, I think that that's going to be the key, you know, one of the, one of the big keys on, on, on Wednesday is make sure that Zarek Cooper is, is not feeling comfortable. And, and, you know, and the one thing that you, you also have to look at and, you know, I don't know, I hadn't been to their practices and, or, or anything like that for, you know, Jacksonville state, but you know, what kind of confidence, does Eric Cooper have in, in, you know, in his leg, you know, type thing or yeah. being hit, you being hit, you know, sometimes. That's a good when question. You, yeah. I mean, when you come off a major injury and I'm sure he's coughed, I mean, I'm sure, you know, 
that is fully healed and especially with the way, you know, that medicine is these days, but still, you know, when you're coming off a major injury, there's, there's always a little bit of doubt in your mind. You know, you might not admit it and you might not, you know, you might say the opposite, but, but just human nature is there's a little bit of doubt in your mind. And if you just keep hitting and play after play, then, you know, that doubt kind of grows a little bit. So, um, you know, I think that'll be a key, you know, to make him as uncomfortable as you can. And, you know, and, th- and they might play the freshman too. Matthew Caldwell's a kid He's out of Auburn high school. Good. Yeah. Freshman out of Auburn high school has apparently had a, you know, from what I've understood, had a great camp, you know, and certainly if he gets in there with a young kid like that, you're going to, you know, you'll, you'll need to get after him. I think he's a pretty mobile kid and, you know, with a good arm. And I think he's going to be a you know real good player for him too. So I, I don't, again, I think a big key in it is, is, uh, you know, unleashing those guys up front and, um, you know, just, it's just, no matter who's in there, just make them as uncomfortable as possible. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And, uh, you know, with Cooper, he, he's going to be the all-time leading passer in JSU history, more than likely this year, because he just needs a uh, hundred, I think it's 161 passing guards to, uh, break that record and become the all-time leader. Um, and, but he's also dangerous on his legs, Steve. I mean, just in 2020, mm-hmm. four games, he had five rushing touchdowns, so he can, he can run around too. So, right. Um, yeah. but, but, but we'll be uh, good up front for sure. Um, now Cooper was also uh, named uh, a Walter uh, on the watch list for the Walter Payton award for this year, which is, you know, given to the top offensive player in, in the FCS uh, division. Um, and of course you mentioned Matthew Caldwell. Now let's look at that running back for the Gamecocks. Um, Josh Samuel, he, uh, what's he, he's only 5'11", 215. So not, not a big guy, um, but he, He's definitely, you know, a threat rushing the ball, but also catching the ball. You know, they love to kind of swing him out and hit him, you know, with some quick passes or some uh, some wheel routes. Um, they like to uh, get Samuel involved in the passing game as well. So we'll definitely have to uh, keep an eye out, you know, for him and hope that our linebackers are, uh, which I'm sure they will be uh, with, a, with an eye on him or wherever he is on the field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to watch him. Now, it does hurt them that, you know, they had a – kind of a really good one-two punch with him and Uriah Hall. Yeah. I mean, Uriah West. Uriah West, Hall, that's right. Yeah. Uriah Hall's a UFC fighter. Um, <laughs> yeah, West, yeah. Yeah, yeah Uriah West. Um, you know, and Uriah West is, you know, he's he's more of a bruiser. You know, he's 225 pounds and, you know, get after, mm-hmm. after you pretty good. And he's hurt and, you know, hadn't been practicing and will be out, you know, early in the season from what I understand. But, you know, they each of them had last year had eight touchdowns, uh, you know, and so it was a kind of a one-two thing of, really pounding at you. And, and, um, so that, that's going to hurt. I mean, they'll have another guy, Pat Jackson was behind them. He rushed for three touchdowns, about 370 yards or so. Um, mm-hmm. but he's kind of similar to Samuel. He's five eleven, two fifteen, I think is what they list him at. And so they don't have the, you know, the, the, the bruising guy that they had in Uriah West, which, which, which I'm sure it was hurts, you know, and, and, um, yeah, uh, but but you know I do think that they have they're capable of running the ball. I do think they're 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 good up front, and uh, you know their offensive lines are you know solid. I think from what I understand, and so um, they're going to try to establish that. I mean they will, but uh, you know that's one thing that UAB. If UAB can can make them one dimensional, anytime you can make you know, and and that's any game. You know if you can make a team one dimensional, um, it helps a little bit. You know, now, now if that one dimension throws for 500 yards, then, oh, no, that, uh, no. <laughs> all of a sudden your advantage isn't that, isn't that good. But, um, right. but, you know, in this case, if they can make them as one dimensional as possible, then, you know, it certainly help. 
and definitely, you know, to note just a couple of those offensive linemen, uh, Tylen Grable and uh, Cam Hill on the offensive line for Jacksonville State, both were uh, named preseason All-Sun players uh, for this year. And it's kind of weird, too, saying, seeing uh, the uh, the A-Sun for the Gamecocks. Yeah. They've been in the Ohio Valley for so long, but looks like they're making the move uh, to uh, play in the A-Sun this year, which is – it looks like they're playing with uh, Central Arkansas and a couple other good FCS uh, schools. So good for them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great move for their program to take a step up. They've, you know, they've really been the dominant program in Ohio Valley for for quite for quite a while now. I mean, there's been some others that have had years, you know, that maybe they're they're, they're right there. But I think the best team in that conference has certainly been Jacksonville State, you know, over a long time now, several years now. So, but it's good. It's good to see them stepping up, and uh, you know, it's good for their program. Definitely. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, Steve, uh, for Jacksonville State, there's just a couple players that I definitely want to hit on. And uh, one of those uh, being a safety, Nicario Harper, um, really talented safety, had 92 tackles in 13 games. Uh, he was the OVC Defensive Player of the Year, just really talented. Um, I got, you know, I've listened to him speak during the uh, press conference uh, for Jacksonville State leading up to the UAB game. Um, but another guy, too, on that defensive line, which they've got a really good defensive line, but that defensive end, uh, DJ Coleman, um, he, he had 55 tackles last year and uh, 13 tackles for loss. Um, and he was um, all OVC first team defense for a second straight year again this year. So both of those guys really good, you know, were just studs on the defensive side of the ball for Jacksonville State. Yeah. And, you know, and Carl Harper's uh, started his college career at Southern Miss, you know, um, that I think he, I think he went. I'm not sure if he went to JUCO or not, but I know he started at Southern Miss, and yeah, he's a guy that kind of, kind of leads them, you know. And um, you know, I, I look forward to seeing him play. And then you know, DJ Coleman's a, you know, six six two forty five pound, uh, pound. You know, basically, it's, it's he plays their bandit position, which is like a jack linebacker. Mm -hmm. So you know, we we obviously know that um you know that body type and, and that position you know obviously we know that real well at uab so he, he's that kind of guy you know he's gonna you know cause a lot of uh, problems from the outside and he's gonna you know you're gonna have to do some things to um you know i don't know that you just put him on one game you know just put you know even though kadeem, kadeem telford will probably be the guy that you know yeah. you, you have out there and you know we'll see you know we'll see what how he can handle that and if not you'll have to maybe give him some help but um Kadeem is certainly um, he's talented enough to yeah to, yeah. to handle, handle that that challenge by himself and you know we'll see it'll be interesting to see what happens in that uh, in that spot and they you know Coleman they can move Coleman around too they might put him on the other side and then you know you, then you have another mm. experienced guy on the other side and you know in Sydney Wells and you know see what see what happens there and you know and and also too just alignment wise you know it, often the UAB will line up with the, with the two tight end type, that type situation, mm -hmm. and, you know, so those guys will be out there to help too. So that'll be big though. That'd be a big part of the game. And I think, you know, I, th I think a big part of that, and I, and I say this all the time about, about UAB and it's, it's, you know, this is the kind of case too, when you have a guy like DJ Coleman on the outside, when you can handle the inside with, with, uh, you know, with, with, with man on man type thing and the inside and, and you know, have your double teams a lot on the outside. That 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 really means a lot. You know, that's why that was. You know, that's why UAB's had so much great pressure over these last several years. Is is they've had guys like you know, uh, you know, Garrett Marino and Tony Rush mm -hmm. and and you know and 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 Moultrie. You know, inside that are really pressuring inside where you, you got to help somewhere. 
and you can't just help outside because if you do, they're, they're going to kill you inside. So, right. you know, I think that's going to be a key, you know, inside is making sure that, um, you know, if, if you do have to double on the outside or help on the outside that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're doing a good job on the inside, you know, and I think I'm Stead Sanders, you know, one of the defensive end, one of the down guys for Jacksonville state. He, I think he started his career at Florida. I think he's, He's capable. He's a 6'2", 250 pound guy that plays, you know, with his hand on the ground. So he's quick, you know, quick. And, you know, he, he had some, uh, you know, he was a starter for him and, you know, last year, second team all conference. So he's a guy that you have to pay attention to, you know, both defensive tackles they played or I think are capable guys. Um, Jackson Latrell and Lamel Gordon, uh, I think are both capable guys of, you know, that you're going to have to watch and, you know, and then Colby Fuqua on the other side is kind of a star position that they have on the other side. Um, you know, if he, he's, a, he's a guy that started his career at Auburn. He's kind of a great athlete. You know, I think he was a, a wide receiver at Auburn. But, you know, if they start bringing him on the outside with his speed from the other side, you know, that could cause some troubles. Now, he got hurt in the spring, and I think he only played three of their games, three, three of their spring games. But, you know, so they, they've got some, some, some pieces there that can, that can cause you some problems. Definitely. Well, you know, I believe, you know, Coach Clark said it best in his uh, press conference this, uh, for this game is that Jacksonville State, I mean, they're an FBS team playing in the FCS. I mean, the, these guys are loaded with talent. And to be honest, Steve, they can knock off a couple of these teams in our conference. I mean, hell, they beat FIU. They did. Last year, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they did. So, man. yeah, they're capable. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, and you and and they always have some guys that are bounce backs from you know from Power Five programs. Right. Markel Markel Benton, the weak side linebackers, you know, for, played at Alabama for three years, and you know he he was there that you know last year, and I think he was third on a team with uh, sixty nine tackles, I believe it was sixty nine or seventy tackles. You know, he's six two two thirty weak side linebacker that'll get after you. You know, that was like again he, he played at Alabama, I mean, he was a contributor at Alabama, so. They have some of those bounce back guys and, and, you know, they have some guys, you know, Mar Marshall Clark's a guy, you know, their inside linebacker that, you know, he's, he's second on team with 85 tackles last year. And here you, know, you look at him and he's six foot two ten, you know, and which is, you know, for your FBS sort of level, that's a little small um, mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, that's not much smaller than, you know, you know, wilder or whatever, but still, you know, I mean, he, he's, he might be, coming out of high school, you know, some of the bigger schools might look at him and said, ah, he's a little too small, but he can play, you know, and he's, yeah. he's got 85, like I say, he had 80 second on team with 85 tackles last year. So he'll make plays in there. So they got, they got guys, you know, one of the cornerbacks, George Steele's from, from Hewitt, Hewitt Trustville. And I'm, you know, I remember him in high school and was super, you know, I, I just think he's, uh, you know, he's a guy that was kind of on the, on the verge of getting an FBS scholarship, I would think, you know, and, um, so there's a lot of guys there, you know, there, there, there's certainly a lot of guys there and they have some, some local, you know, kind of some local Birmingham kids that, that are on the two deep that I think would, um, you know, want to show some things, you know, when two couple guys that we didn't mention on the offense that, um, that I saw in high school a lot with you know, a couple Thompson high school receivers, Michael Petway, who actually started his career at Washington state. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Ahmad Edwards, you know, Ahmad Edwards at, at, um, in his senior year at Thompson was set the uh, state record for uh, uh, catches in a season. It was, wow. I don't, I mean, it was 108 or, I mean, it was, it was, it was over a hundred, um, you know, and he's, 
so those are two guys that are really talented guys, the local guys that, you know, might want to sort of show out, you know, against the, the local team sort, sort of thing. So, uh, they got a couple minor high kids that are playing the secondary that, um, uh, that I think are, are good players. So, um, you know, I mean, there's just talent throughout now. Now we'll see, um, the depth, you know, we'll see what, what, what the depth is situation yes. is. And, and, you know, we've talked about this in the past and, you know, I, I just think that depth is going to be a strength for, for UAB throughout, you know, I, I and I'm not just talking about playing the FCS team. I think it's going to be a, a, a big advantage for them in, in conference play provided that they're, that they stay healthy enough to, to, um, to have the depth, you know, I mean, if you start losing guy after guy, then that's a little different, even though you get into some, you know, the depth helps at that point, but you don't have the depth behind it after, after that. So, um, you know, I, I, I will, it'll be interesting to see Saturday, uh, uh, Wednesday night. I'm also Saturday night. I, don't, <laughs> yes. I, I, I do not want to wait till Saturday. Wednesday's no. fine with me. Um, yes. but, but you know, Wednesday night, it'd be interesting to see if there, if that depth issue does show right away. And that's kind of where I was going to go next, you know, talking about the depth on the Jacksonville State side. You know, I mean, let's just it, – it is what it is. The FCS, they don't have as many scholarship, you know, slots as an FBS team does. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. it is what it is. So, you you go back to Jacksonville State and you look at the Florida State game they played this past fall. Um, I mean, they led that game, you know, all the, the whole first half and part into the third quarter. But midway through that third quarter, man, they just looked gassed. And, I mean, you could tell they were just tired because it was almost the same guys out there all all time. Even, even if you watch the FIU game, I mean, FIU had a chance, um, especially in that late third quarter, fourth quarter, to possibly even, uh, you know, get the comeback and beat Jacksonville State. So, definitely, just off of those two games, you can see the depth kind of trail off uh, for Jacksonville State. So, I'm I'm not I don't want Blazer fans to be concerned. I mean, I hope this isn't the case, but if we're in a dogfight going into halftime and we're only up by, you know, seven points or so, don't be concerned because I mean, this is a this is a hell of a a ball club for Jacksonville State. But come second half, those guys should be, you know, getting tired and you know, hopefully we can uh, pound the rock some with uh, Dwayne McBride and company and kind of wear them out even more. So I, I don't want Blazer fans to get concerned if it's a close game going into halftime, um, especially, and, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, about play calling, but I, I just I don't want people to get concerned if it is close at the half. Now, I do think UAB should pull away pretty well in the second half and hopefully win by double digits, hopefully. But I, I just don't want people to get concerned if it's a close game early on well yeah i mean I, I i agree with that a little bit but but um i i think if you're if you're not concerned about this game you're crazy you know I, mean? <laughs> Cause, cause I, I mean i think this is a good football team and and you know it they're is. number four in the country in fcs and you know there's not a whole lot of de- again depth you know and like, like you talked about wearing them down but you know sometimes especially early in the season um you can sort of you can sort of play through that that depth, you know, because your, your, your body is still pretty, pretty, still pretty fresh, even though, like I said, you've been through four hard weeks, but you're still pretty fresh and, and your mind can tell you, um, Hey, I'm going to work through this. And I'm, you know, and, and, you know, cause especially when things are going good for you, you know, it's kind of like when app, you know, when app state beat, beat Michigan. Now, if you look at it, they probably weren't a whole lot different. Well, there was different talent wise, but that was a great app state team. But still, your mind will yeah. tell you early in the season, um, 
that, you know, Hey, it, I'm not tired. You know, I, Hey, things are going good. We're, you know, we're, we're going to win this game where midway through the season or late in the season, a lot of times we're, we're, you know, like, like, you know, when coach Clark likes to play some of these bigger teams late in the season, your body's beat up and you're tired and, and you yeah, sort of say an opposite is sometimes if one thing goes bad, you're like, Oh boy, here we go. Sort of Screw thing. It. So, yeah. so I, I mean, I think, I, I think I'm very concerned. I mean, that cause I think it's a good team. Now, if this was Savannah right. state, you know, I would say, oh. no, I'm not going to concern. And really even central Arkansas last year, even though I think central Arkansas had they some, t- bad. Yeah. they weren't bad, but, but there was, there was no, no, there was no point going into the game where I thought to myself, you know, UAB is going to lose this ball game. You know, no point. And really, no. even during the game, because everything that happened during the game, the score was was more UAB's self-induced mistakes. That you know, it should have been a it should have been a lot more lopsided than it was. And I think that because yeah, I think Central Arkansas had some talent. Now, don't get me wrong; they got a couple NFL guys, but overall, I just didn't think they had a depth. This team, this Jacksonville State team, is so much better than that team overall. In, in you know, in right. my opinion, in my opinion, because I, I think they, I think they do have a little better depth than, well, not a little bit. I think they have better depth than Central Arkansas. I think they have some better players, you know, other than, you know, Rochelle and a couple of the receivers for Central Arkansas that I thought were pretty, you know, special for that level. Um, you know, I just, I, I just think this, this team's just a little. This team's, you know, I mean, Coach said it. I mean, this team's basically, a, you know, a a group of five team, you know, and, and it is. So, so I think you, I think you'd be concerned no matter what, but I, but I will say I wouldn't come out of this game. If, you, if I don't care if it's two to nothing and you win on, you know, a, a safety, <laughs> if it's um, a win, hey. <laughs> if it's a win, I think you, you, you just say, well, Hey, we got a win. Let's move forward. Let's move on with this thing. Now two to nothing, okay, I'll, two to nothing I'd be concerned with. But I mean, you know, <laughs> if it's a fairly close game, uh, you know, um, or, or a real close game, and you get a win, uh, I have no concern moving forward because you got a win against a pretty good team. It's the opener. Um, it's the opener after a strange season last year, you know, and, um, and 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 you know the other thing that we don't know right now until we won't know until warm up is, you know, are there are there guys that are going to miss these games? You know, is is yeah. there is there a situation where where you know a guy gets a late test or, or, mm-hmm. you know, because that's going to happen again. It's not going to happen like it happened last year. Cause we're not going to have the contact tracing, but it, it is going to happen. happen. It's going to happen if somebody tests positive and, 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 um, you know, that's, that's going to happen in this world. I mean, and, that, and that's certainly isn't just because you're a college football player. I mean, it's, that's, that's what's going on in this world right now. And, and so, you know, we don't know some of that, you know, and, and, um, in some cases, honestly, they don't know some of that. Somebody gets to test yeah. on Mon- a Monday and or Tuesday, you know, whatever day, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what they're doing test wise. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're, how they're set it up right now, but you know, it, it, it could happen and it could happen to either yeah. team and it could happen any week. So, um, you know, to me, if is in this game, I'm I'm happy as long as there's a win and 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 you move forward and and because um, I think this is a pretty good team they're playing. I know this is a pretty good team they're playing. It is, yeah, no, nothing but respect for the Jacksonville State program right now. I mean, they're doing really well under Gross and will continue to do well under Gross. Um, now, one other thing, Steve, that I wanted to hit on is, uh, you know, you go back to the 2019 game when we played uh, FCS uh, Alabama State and a little bit back to Central Arkansas last year. But how how do you 
think Clark will approach it play calling wise. Because, I mean, you go back to the Alabama State game and it was just super vanilla. Um, I mean, this game, I, I feel he's got to take some shots. I mean, he's got to open up that playbook a little bit, you know, to get, get by this game. I mean, he's not going to be able to just halfback dive, you know, 90% of the time and get out of there with a W. Yeah, I know. I think he can. I, you know, I, I think he plays it by ear. I really do. I think he goes into it um, with the with the thought of, hey, I'm going to do what uh, you know what what I think we do best, and that's run the football. And if you can run the football, I think you stay with it, and yeah. and you know maybe you know maybe try to hit yeah try to hit some shots down down the field, and and if you can't, then then um then, you know then you open it up some, and I think that's the advantage though of having a uh, such a veteran team. Uh, I think there is an advantage there of, of, of kind of, you can change on the fly a little bit. I mean, you, you can come in and say, okay, this is what we're doing. And, uh, when, if you, if it doesn't work out or if it's not working out to your expectations, then, then you can sort of change and do some different things. And, and, and the players aren't going to panic. You know, I think if it's a real young team and you go in and you tell them, Hey, we're going to pound the ball at them all night long, and you know this is how we're going to win the game. And then three series in, you don't have a first down, and you don't, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you can't run the ball. And then all of a sudden, you go, "Hey, we're going to have to start throwing the ball." Then they get kind of wide-eyed, like, "Well, wait a minute, you said we, you know, we could do this." With a veteran team, a lot of times you can do that. You can you can flip that switch a little bit and say, so, you know, especially when there's some proven guys that are have proven to be able to do it. You know, with obviously Tyler Johnston and. Um, you know, even though the receivers are young, I mean, you have Shropshire's coming off the big game. You have some guys that I think are capable. You you can flip that a little bit, uh, but I, you know, I do think that that um, the the game plan going in particularly is going to be establish that run. But but you say that every week with them. I mean that that I don't care who's across the line. I mean, honestly, right. honestly, to to a point, the game plan is going to be try to establish run against Georgia. You know, yeah. try, you know, try. Right. You know, I, obviously, that's a little different than establish run against, you know, I guess anybody in Conference USA and 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 certainly Jacksonville State. But 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 I I, I do think that's kind of be the you know the plan coming in and and you know and, but they're they're still not kind of you know go away from trying to take a few shots downfield. I mean, I don't think that you know this day and age, I don't think you really try to hide that much. Mm-hmm. Unless you're playing a team that you, you know, like, like you said, Alabama state, certainly Savannah state, you know, yeah. games like that, you really don't have to, um, in, in this case, you know, I mean, I always, I always go back to, uh, you know, to sort of the philosophy of, uh, you know, if, if you don't win this one, you can't get to the next one, you know, kind of like the playoff philosophy, you know, you got to win this to get to the next yeah. one. It's kind of that way in these openers, uh, openers like this is, you know, yeah, you do get to the next one, but it, it's different. You know, if you're coming off a loss to, you know, an FCS team. So I think there'll be, you know, I think it'll be just a typical UAB game. I mean, I think it'll be a typical, uh, our, our game plan, you know, just try to establish that run. Um, you, you know, your defense is going to make some plays for you. You know that you're going to be able to make some plays downfield. They're going to, they're going to, you know, the, the, you know with, with Tyler Johnson in there, they're going to be able to make some plays downfield. Now, what you don't do, in my opinion, is, show some packages you might have with say Dylan Hopkins. No, or, no, or no. packages you might have with a, a slot guy or packages you may have with your main Brown at running back or, but you know, just right. certain, certain, certain things that are kind of a little out of the ordinary, what you usually do. I don't think you show a lot of that. 
you know, unless you need, unless, unless you're in a situation that we, you have to, but you know, I think there's a lot of that, that, that uh, a lot of things that we don't even know. I mean, I just threw those out examples of things that might happen. They might not do any of that, you know, yeah. but, but you know, they, they, but they certainly have some packages in their mind or in their offense that are a little, un, you know, non-traditional for them, um, that, that, you know, that they might use down the road that they, that you don't, you don't show that first week, you know, I don't care who you're playing. You probably don't show that the first week you play in Georgia the first week. You probably don't show no, that, yeah. you know, cause it, cause you're, you know, you're looking big, <coughs> excuse me, big picture type thing. So, right. um, you know, so we'll see, but again, I, I think it's a typical, you know, game plan. You, you know, you try to establish our running game and play a lot of great defense and, um, you know, go from there. And then one last thing I wanted to uh, mention about Jacksonville State watching a lot of their uh, games this spring is they were penalized a lot. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of like unsportsmanlike penalties. There were a lot of personal foul penalties. Like they, I think they're one of the most penalized teams in the FCS uh, under John Gross. Now, you know, some, you know, years past, we've had some, uh, some of that same, you know, aggressiveness, you know, on UAB side where we've been hit with some, you know, late hits every every once in a while. But uh, that's definitely something to watch. Another thing to watch uh, this Wednesday night um, uh, for Jacksonville State to see if we can kind of rattle them a little bit and get them to commit some of those personal fouls and just hope that, you know, we're smart on our side of the ball and don't do any of that, which, yeah. which I, I, I hope we want. And I don't see us doing that. Um, but I think that's enough on Jacksonville State. Uh, Steve, now I was going to ask you to um, before we wrap up, um, I know UAB uh, released their 2D uh, for the Jacksonville State game. Did anything stand out to you on that 2D? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a couple things. I mean, I think, you know, Jermaine Brown and – and um, and Or Dwayne, uh, yeah. Dwayne McBride being an oar there. I think uh, – you know, I think that that um, that shows more of, of just how good a camp that Jermaine Brown has than than um, than Dwayne McBride not having a good camp. You know, I, even though I think I think um, McBride is still your guy. You know, I mean, I think he's still your guy there. But I was a little surprised to see that. You know, a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, Mac McWilliams. Uh, you know, I knew that he'd been having a great camp, and uh, but but see him that. As the starters, uh, you know, as, as of now, the starter at, at the one corner, you know, I was mm-hmm. I was a little surprised and very happy for him because I think he's really done that. Keandre Swoops, you know, I mean, I think that yeah. having Swoops at, um, you know, as, as number one at the star guy, and I'm not surprised. I mean, because he's really, really, you know, played well. And, and you know, and I think he played well. He's played well, you know, every time he's gotten a chance, you know, and, and you know, he had a big play in the – championship game where you're on a two-point conversion and and just you know i think he's a solid solid player so i but so i was kind of surprised and happy to see that um not surprised but happy to see that uh mm-hmm. you know i thought it was interesting that um mole and and will bowler are both listed as oars at that at that safety and and uh you know i thought that was kind of interesting and those are two great players and two players that have to be on the field and you don't really need to be on the field for them um you know other than that i don't think there was any you know, a huge surprise. I mean, to me, I'm not, especially with a team like this, I've never been a really huge guy on depth charts anyway, you know, because no. it's just, it's, it's a lot of it's game situation. A lot of it is, you know, uh, the guy that's a little healthier than the next guy, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, performance, whether it be in practice or games. So I'm never really one that gets caught up on depth charts, even though I, even though they interest me like for everybody else. But, um, you know, I think with this team, you know, the the depth chart really doesn't 
matter that much because I think there's so many situations that they're going to just, I think they have so many, so much variety that they can throw out there in, in certain situations. And, and, you know, it's all going to be all about performance, you know, literally going to be all about performance. Cause there's been some years that, that I've seen at UAB and it, it, everywhere where you've got a guy that's, um, maybe underperforming a little bit from his capability of what he is, but there's really nobody pushing him behind him. You know, he's really, he's just that much better than the guy behind him. And, and you don't, you know, you don't really take him out, you know, and, and, um, um, you know, I mean, it, you, know, you just kind of look at, I mean, I use the example of a guy like Marvin Burdett when he was, you know, when he was at UAB. Now he didn't, mm-hmm. he, he, he never had games where he, where he took off, but if he did, they wouldn't have taken him out of the game because he was so much better than the guy behind him that they wouldn't take him yeah. out. You know, now, now he never did, but I'm just saying that's kind of an example of, you know, um, but the, in this case, every, I mean, and that's one thing that did jump out to me about this depth chart. I'm looking at that depth chart, especially defensively. And I'm thinking, okay, well, there's the, you know, the starter and I'm looking at the guy behind him and going, well, okay, there's really not any difference between those two. They go to the next mm-hmm. position and go, okay, well, there's really not any difference between those three, you know, and go to the next position and go, well, yeah. there's never really any difference. You know, so so I think that was the one thing that kind of jumps out, especially defensively. I think, you know, in a couple offensive positions, you know, I, I think offensive line, I think the, the starters, uh, for the most part, are pretty clearly ahead right now, other, you know, other than center, um, where I think both those guys are pretty really even. And, you know, and, and, and I think Jacoby Jones – is so versatile that that you almost don't want him challenging one of the starters because he's no. so, so versatile because he can do everything, you know, he can do so much. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I, but I think defensively, honestly, I mean, I'm looking at that and, and I'm talking about every position I looked at and, 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 and it was saying, okay, well, there's really no difference there, really no difference there. Um, and, and so that was kind of cool. I mean, that's kind of cool to see. And I think that just, that's going to help you know, and kind of what we talked about with the, you know, COVID situation, if, if somebody misses, you know, there, there's, you still have depth and quality depth there. Um, and then injuries, you know, or, or guys that are banged up, you know, certainly you, you, you're going to have, you don't worry about the guy coming in next, you know? And, and, um, so that's one thing that kind of jumped out, but, you know, like I say, I mean, depth charts to me are, um, Interesting to talk about, but when it comes down to it, it's a matter who's on the field. It it, you know, it, it doesn't really that matter that much. That does to the players, but it doesn't matter that much who runs out there first. It's who, who's out there last, who's out there in the, in, during the important times. Definitely, definitely. Well, guys, um, I'll, I'll be heading down uh, to the Crampton Bowl this Wednesday, so I can't wait to see some of you guys there um, again. Uh, the game is 6.30 p.m. Central Time, televised on ESPN. Hopefully, you guys can make it down to the Crampton Bowl. But if not, you'll be able to watch on ESPN. But make sure you have your radio on, too, on Jocks 94.5, uh, starting at 5.30 um, for the UAB Jacksonville State game. But, guys, uh, setting up the show, um, probably f- expect Friday morning-ish. Um, we'll have a uh, recap episode to uh, tell you, hopefully, about how UAB was able to uh, get that victory over Jacksonville State. But on, uh, make sure that if you're not following us on Twitter, give us a follow at twitter.com slash blazerpod and make sure to subscribe to us on a podcast platform, whether that's Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, wherever. Just make sure you hit that follow subscribe button. 
So make sure you get your podcast straight to your device so you don't have to go out and find us each time we drop an episode. But on that note, guys, I will see you out at the Crampton Bowl and go Blazers.